to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Well, hello, friends. It is Carla here. Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Affirming Truths. I am so happy you guys are here. My heart behind this podcast is that you would leave each episode feeling encouraged, feeling encouraged. Um, I know that we all go through so many different seasons in our life. We go through some hard stuff. We go through some struggles. And as I open up and share with you a little bit about my life and how God is moving through it, that you would be encouraged to see how he can move through your struggle as well. And I thought the best way to kick off this podcast is for you guys to get to know me a little bit better. And I wanted to share my testimony with you. The good, the bad, the ugly. (laughs) Oh boy. I have traditionally called my testimony the making, breaking, and saving of a prodigal daughter. And it is just so true. And maybe some of you will be able to relate to my journey through faith in knowing Jesus in walking away from the truth and then being reunited with my heavenly father. And it's so interesting. Let me tell you guys, God is so good. He already knows what you're going to go through. He already knows the decisions you're going to make. Nothing is a surprise to him. And even still knowing all the ways we're going to fall on our face and fail, he still loves us and he still has open arms for us. And God knew what I was going to go through. And in knowing that he did something very special for me. He implanted truth in my heart at a young age. And I'll explain to you what I mean. So I grew up in a Christian home. But how many of you know, Christian does not equal perfect. I grew up in a Christian home that was far from perfect. There was brokenness. There was darkness. There was a lack of security. Um, There was trauma. I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. There was hard stuff. My childhood was difficult. But even at that young age, even when I was little, God had a plan and purpose for my life and how he started this journey for me was implanting the story of the prodigal son into my heart. When I was like six or seven, my favorite bedtime story was the prodigal son out of Luke, out of the King James Version Bible, who remembers those? And I would get my parents to read this to me every night for years, not your typical childhood story. And yet there was something about that story I was drawn to. Little did I know how much that story would play out in my life. 
So like I said, I grew up in a Christian home. I accepted Jesus when I was like six years old. I got water baptized. Um, Everything was great, except like I said, the fact that my home life wasn't so great. It wasn't so great. And I started to feel really disappointed with God and really disillusioned. You know, I'm young, I'm growing, I'm trying to figure myself out. I'm trying to figure out the world. And here I am in a home that's filled with violence and anger and just fear and all of these emotions that crippled me and made me feel abandoned by God. I could not reconcile the love of Christ from the Bible to seemingly the lack of love and stability in my home. And I started to act out. I started to act out my big feelings, right? Don't we see this happen in our kids? We act out our big feelings because we don't know how to process them. And I didn't know where to go to get help to process them. So things got really dark and I got really depressed. Uh, The relationship with my parents was unraveling. I didn't really have a relationship with my sister. Um, That hasn't changed much to this day, unfortunately. And I started to get depressed. So much so that when I was 13, I tried to take my life. And I remember being in the hospital after they had pumped my stomach, being afraid of my parents coming. Like I was afraid rather than looking forward to love and encouragement and embrace. I was scared. And I just, I remember that feeling like it was yesterday, just that, that fear, that lack of safety. And I, and I question God, like, if you're so loving, if you're so good and if Christianity is so loving and good, why is this my life? Clearly you either don't exist or you're not good or you don't love me. Something's wrong with me. And that was a big thing that stood out. That was a big lie that got implanted really young, that something was wrong with me, that I was not lovable or worthy. And Not long after um, that suicide attempt, I ended up on my own. The relationship with my parents really broke down and I was out of the house um, at 14 and doing what the prodigal son did when he was out of the, his house with his dad. I lived a, a riotous life. I think that's the word that they used to describe it in the, in the story, a riotous life. Um, I got involved in drugs and alcohol, and I got involved in relationships, Um, just anything to either numb myself, numb myself from feeling the worthlessness that I felt, numb myself from feeling abandoned and hurt and pain. I didn't want to feel that. So I tried to numb myself and I tried to distract myself. And I also tried to fill myself up with artificial love, right? In different relationships with boys, trying to feel love, trying to feel protected, looking for things really that I know now only God can provide. Only God can provide the safety and security we're longing for. Only God can provide 
that unconditional love that we need. Only God can speak into our souls about who we are and the value that we hold. As our creator, only he can do those things. But I was still feeling hurt and disillusioned and disappointed by God that I wasn't interested in what he could supposedly offer because why didn't he offer it to me sooner? This was really my mindset. And I struggled a lot. I struggled through getting kicked out of school and I struggled through um, violent relationships. I, I struggled. Meanwhile, inside, I was this hurt little girl. This hurt little girl that just wanted to feel safe and love, that just wanted to feel arms of, of love and peace and calm and security wrap around her. And as I got a little bit older in my teenage years, and I did go through a period of being expelled from school, and I couldn't see my friends and I couldn't get a job, I was left alone with my thoughts a lot. And I started to think, this is, this is not the life that I want. This is not the life that I think I'm made for. I don't know what I'm made for, but it's not made for sleeping at different friends' house, being hungover or high all the time, not being productive. Like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more out there for me than this. And there was. There was Jesus. Now, as I started to sit more in that stillness, as I started to reflect more, I was slowly able to hear God's voice again, calling me back, calling me back with such grace and such love and such mercy. It was in my early 20s that I really started to reconnect with my relationship with God. And the only reason why I had the courage to do that, the only reason why I had the courage to step into a church after so long was the story of the prodigal son that he so lovingly planted in my heart as a child started to come to mind again. And I remembered the end of the story. The son is at the end of himself. He spent all his money. He has no place to live. He's eating the leftovers of what the pigs eat. Like he was in a destitute situation. And he thought to himself, I'll go back home and I will beg for mercy of my father. And I'll say, I don't deserve to be your son, but at least take me in as one of your servants. Because even his ser the servants had a better life than what he was living. And as he approached his father's house, his father was there waiting his father was daily out there looking for him. The father's heart longing for the son to return. He greeted his son with arms wide open. In fact, in the story, it says he starts running towards the son. So happy to see him. He dresses him in the best robe. He gives him a ring. He calls him his son. He is a lost sheep that is found. He throws a party, has a feast, the whole nine yards. And I remembered that story. And I remembered that is a depiction of God. 
God waits for us and longs for us and wants us to come home. He wants us to call to call us sons and daughters. He wants to dress us in robes of righteousness. And I knew if I turned my heart back to God because of that story, I knew God would receive me. God would receive me and love me and forgive me and restore me and redeem me. And boy, has he ever. But I can tell you, and and we'll talk more about this in episodes to come. It wasn't an overnight transformation for me. I am still very much a work in progress. Can I get an amen on that? Like I was reconciled with the Lord and so much hurt and suffering was healed and removed from me that day. But a lot has remained that God is working out in me. A lot of shame remained. A lot of the lies of the enemy were so deeply rooted in my head that to this day, I go to battle in my mind. I go to battle taking thoughts captive. The enemy wants to accuse me and keep me in shame and keep me isolated from God. I go to battle. It's not an overnight healed and perfection on this side of heaven. We are going through the sanctification process. It is a process. And with all healing and growth, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's painful. But the good news is that God is with us through it all. That it didn't matter. It didn't matter that I I had walked away. It didn't matter that I had turned my life over to sex, to drugs, to alcohol. It didn't matter that I had gotten pregnant as a teenager and made some very poor choices out of that. It didn't matter to God. Not that my sin didn't matter, but that I was still his child and his son went to the cross for me that he was able to receive me as I repented and turned my life over to him with open arms. And friend, God is there for you too, to do the same thing. He doesn't leave or forsake us. We leave and forsake him, right? But he is so good. And so it has been a journey and there's been this parallel path for me over the last couple of decades of growing in my faith, as well as maneuvering through mental illness. And sometimes those things have felt like they were at odds. Sometimes it felt like I was never going to be a good enough Christian because of my mental illness. Sometimes there was this doubt that God could use me for kingdom purposes because of my past, because of my illness. But that's not true. Our past doesn't disqualify us because God qualifies us through Jesus Christ. And that's a beautiful thing. Our illnesses don't limit us because we have a limitless God. And when we put our trust and our hope in him, sky's the limit. There is no limit. It's beyond the sky. What am I saying? It's beyond the sky. There is no limit. It's amazing. And so I hope that as you journey with me through this podcast, you will be encouraged to know that you are valuable, 
that you are loved, that you are redeemed, that you are planned with purpose, that you are wonderfully made, you are seen, you are whole in Christ. I want us each time we walk away from this podcast to be so affirmed of our identity in Christ that we have a fresh boldness to tackle our week, that we have a fresh boldness to tackle our priorities, that we have a fresh boldness to walk in the purpose that God has over our life. The enemy wants to steal our purpose and he'll use so many things to try to do that. Often he'll use our past and our weaknesses. Often he'll try to keep us in shame. We're going to have a whole episode about that. But man, there is no condemnation in Christ. There is freedom. And I can tell you, no matter what your backstory is, no matter what season you currently find yourself in, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you, a hope and a future as we read about in Jeremiah. So that's a little bit about me. I can't wait to get to know you guys better and encourage you as I open up my life to you guys. And at the end of each episode, I want to leave you with an affirming truth that you can cling to about who God is and who you are in Christ. Our affirming truth today comes from Galatians 5.1, where it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The affirming truth is that I am free from the past. Bless you guys. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.